Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello everyone and welcome back to Mixing with Moni. That was an all-time favorite song of mine that I think these days fits most perfectly. It's called No More, if you were wondering, and it kind of accurately depicts where we are in our lives (laughs) right now. And I chose this song mainly for it's incomparable, which is a word I basically use for everything these days. But I chose it for it's incomparable chorus. And I don't know if you necessarily could hear what exactly it was saying, but where you get drawn in, where it relates to us, because, you know, everybody's not into 90s and early 2000s hip hop, R&B, all that. That's understandable. But where we all can get on the same page with this song called No More by Rough Ends, R-U-F-F-E-N-D-Z, is the chorus that eloquently lets us know there's no more shopping sprees, no more late night creeps, no more VIP no more dough, also meaning money, also meaning money. We can't even kick it no more. And they're right. We can't even kick it no more. And there are no more shopping sprees or late night creeps because half the country's on a curfew. The other half has already had everything shut down. We can't kick it. No more than 10 people in a place in a crib with six feet apart. So then why bother, you know? And I just thought it would be fun to start with a little song and dance because what else we got to do? Hashtag what else we got to do. So that being said, welcome back to Mixing with Moni. I am your host, Moni, and we will be getting into our regularly scheduled programming. And I'll be doing that with one of my favorites, the incomparable Megan from Bravo Happy Hour. She has a fantastic podcast that is always top 200 you guys are missing out people are loving raving reviewing and coming into it new every week she has great guests on where she talks the hot topics of bravo shows um and not so much the recap which is a nice little you know breath of fresh air uh since we all are basically talking about the same thing just with different opinions but i love going on her show and i love when she comes on mine but today we're going to talk actual shows and recap them because she doesn't always get the chance to do that so Without further ado, Megan O'Donnell from Bravo Happy Hour is going to be on, and we're going to talk our regular show schedule and some other fun stuff. All right, coming up. All right, guys, as promised, we are still inside. Many of us are 
online shopping for clothes we won't be wearing anytime this week at least and in my case won't be fitting by next week so what do we do when we have nothing else to do we talk shit and as promised i have megan here from the esteemed podcast bravo happy hour to talk top shelf shit with me welcome megan how are you holding up I'm doing really well. I'm excited to talk top shelf shit with you. I feel like the two of us are really good at that, you know? If but, you ever uh, create merch, especially <laughs> for being with a happy hour as your brand, please consider top shelf shit. Well, I'm actually thinking of starting a merch thing, but it's pretty expensive one. So that's like a fun new thing I have to save for. But mm-hmm. damn, you're not watching Vanderpump Rules right now. But there was like this whole thing where Dana the new girl was talking about Max giving this girl a Tom Tom pride shirt. So I'm going to make hats that say Tom Tom pride shirt because every time they said it to me, I just giggled. And then I like made it on like a a mock-up of a hat. And I was like, this hat just makes me smile. I'm like, I have to make it. So that's going to be like my new, my new business thing throughout the quarantine. Everyone's like, start a side hustle. I'm like, I already have a side hustle. This is my side hustle. Exactly. Because we all have so much disposable income these days. That's why the grocery stores are basically like... It's crazy. It's, it's absolutely nuts. It's like every day there's a new development. I never know which way is up, which way is down. Like, it's not... And this isn't even political. I'm just so fucking confused. Like, our governor yesterday was like, hey, guys, basically going to relieve, relate everything over to, like, the public health department. We're going to make them make all the decisions so you won't blame me. And we were like, okay, so what do you decide? And they were like, we're shutting down everything, non-essential restaurants, places that meet, anything that has anything to do with getting together, shut down. And then you have the actual federal government being like, oh, no, we'll be fine. We'll be open by Christmas. I mean, by Easter. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I was like, and I'm like, no. But I'm like, Easter is like basically tomorrow. What are you saying? You're saying our economy will be fine and up and dandy by Easter. And they're saying, we're just getting started with the shutdowns. I'm like, am I going outside or am I not? Someone text me when I get to go outside and do whatever the hell I want and not just be restricted to like taking out the trash, going to get some groceries and like leaving things and only going between the hours of like one and four so the elderly can go and I want them to get groceries and I feel guilty when I get groceries. It's just like, I just want to know when it will end and no one's giving me a direct answer. Well, I think that's what's making everybody go a little bit crazy because we all have like this shared anxiety because no one knows the answers. So it's like we're looking to the federal government, we look for state government or like anybody in our lives to be anybody? like, this is exactly what okay. we're going to do. But everybody's looking at the other person being like, are you going to do it? Or am I going to listen yeah. to your other people? Are it's you like, going to do it? What I'm hearing... oh, maybe if we do nothing, this will go away. <laughs> Maybe we'll just all sit down more. I think it was Piers Morgan, whom I genuinely can't stand. But he made a great, great point where he was like, literally, people fight for our country every day, like on the front lines and like the actual armed forces. And all they're asking us to do is our civic national duty is sit at home and watch television. He called it the telly. And I was like, you know, you do raise a point. I'm so sorry for complaining. You're I like, you be- know what, you goddamn Brit. I do agree. Exactly. I, I wanted to text like all of my vet cousins and family members who were like in the forces who were basically like, this is their hardest time and, and the cops and stuff like that. And just be like, I'm sorry I won't listen. I'm sorry I've been complaining. 
complaining about having to stay home and watch the telly. <laughs> Some of them are like, girl, we wish we could stay home and watch the telly. The National Guard is being called in like 15 states, okay? Like, you know, like all we do is come out and play. Can we stay home and watch the telly? I'm like, um, I'm sorry. I will do more of my part. I will stay in the home. I will have everything delivered to me. Like all these Amazon packages have come today. I'm not wearing any of this shit. No time soon, but they look nice. I know. Well, I that was like the one thing I, I was like preaching on my own show, being like, you gotta support local businesses. And then I'm like, I'm actually going broke as I actively support small businesses. I'm like, that's how I'm talking myself into this. I'm like, they need my money, and I need new, you know, like workout pants. Like, right. No. What I, I will say is that if anyone really, really wants to support local businesses, it's obviously your faves boutiques and stores and stuff mean a lot my my hairdresser my hair salon um my hairdresser just found herself out of work for the first time in 15 years so I am oh so God. stressed for her um because obviously people aren't coming to get their haircuts right now so it's like really sad especially thriving salons that have never seen this before this kind of situation but honest to goodness any place any restaurant that is still open and doing curbside please support them I mean we're hearing about layoffs up into like the thousands of of employees and it's the saddest thing ever because we can't help everyone some things don't even have gift card options or invest in me now options just come for later options but I've heard of like you can buy some like class passes and different gym passes for any times for classes later if you want to take that a lot of these classes in the future which we will all need desperately but in the meantime we can go yeah. ahead and order that bang bang shrimp from bonefish because why not we're keeping people employed for real and honestly the only thing right now that is stable is bravo like being able to know that like yeah you know i could be like locked up in my room can't leave for the next three months but i'm like wow just think there's like 15 years of content that i can rewatch, and i'm such a loser like Every day I'm like, ooh, like I'm going to go into this show and watch three episodes of this random season. And, and like, it brings me so much joy. Granted, yeah. like, I am unfortunately like working, like working from home, which is really frustrating. So it's as if my job didn't get the memo that like, I need to be focused on television while I'm home. And they're right, like, work, exactly. why don't you get this report? And I'm like, um, Ugh, it's like, how dare I'm, you <laughs> I'm busy. be at home and not want to make money? Well, that like working from home when I was faking sick was exhilarating. I was like, I can go to the cafe, I can do this, I can fuck around. But like working from home and actually working is really difficult because I can't just like sit around, watch TV, and do and, nothing. Like, yeah, we're just and do nothing. I'm like, I'm doing too much work in my home. I need like a boundary between work life and my home life. But I know because like <laughs> you know, they actually say that studies have always shown that you actually work more when you work from home when you're teleworking. Oh, I people totally tend to do. work more and. I think that, you know, the businesses that are allowing that to happen, like my mom's one of those people, she's working longer hours, but she doesn't have to commute home. And I'm like, mom, but you still got to take a break, watch a great show. And, you know, me, on the other hand, I just vary. My heart is a job all day is figuring out which I'm going to drink first. Am I going to do coffee first, then wine? Wine first, then coffee? Today, I drank <laughs> champagne this morning. It was way too much. I ended up taking a three-hour nap, practically. And now I'm drinking coffee just to record this. I know. You were like, I'm going to make some coffee. I'm like, all right, a little dinnertime coffee. Love that for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a theory that especially when I go out to eat, first, I have to do at least three courses. I didn't, It's so pretentious, but I don't care. I must have an app 
I must have a drink with that app. I must, <laughs> must have, have a drink. App. I must have a drink with my dinner. And it has to match my dinner. And I uh, must girl. have dessert. And I have to have coffee with dessert. If I do not have coffee with dessert, it does not count. I love that for you. I love the drink and appetizer and then the drink and entree. Because I was dating a guy recently. And he would always be like, let's get a bottle of wine. And I'm like, well, you know, I might want my appetizer drink to be different from my entree drink. Exactly. And he'd be like, well, let's just get the bottle of wine. I'm like. Yeah, but I'm getting oysters for an app. I don't so know I what I also like want champagne. for dinner. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I-, I can't be making these rash decisions. I want to start with a cocktail. And I can't with have a red with a chicken. It doesn't work. <laughs> no, I mean, granted, I do get red wine. Like a I mean, granted, I was my low in the dead of summer eating, <laughs> like, a chicken sandwich. Fine, <laughs> whatever. Like, no, potato I don't even salad. need an ice cube. <laughs> like, I'll just but when it. I am at a restaurant, I must, I usually like to have my cocktail first, my cocktail with an appetizer. I think that's mm, when same. it's, like, fun to be like, oh, this sounds nice. Let me try mm-hmm. that. And, you know? Because then you're, like, then... getting a little buzz. You're like, what am I going to eat for my entree? Should I get something crazy? Should I? Yeah, then I'm asking <laughs> questions. What do you recommend? And then I get oh, something <laughs> and a lovely wine to pair with it. And then it's like I can Ooh. sit throughout the dinner and it's like, ooh, ooh, that's good, that's good. And now mm. I wish I could go out. I know, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> People are listening to this like these bitches. How dare they rub in our faces that we're all stuck. <laughs> these two are just talking about eating at a restaurant. Like, we're, like we took it for granted. I mean, I just did this probably two weeks ago. Not even two weeks ago. I went to my last restaurant. I would have enjoyed it more. I would have balled out if I knew it was going to be my last time. Well, I definitely was like pushing it like probably like not last Friday the Friday before I went out to dinner and I was like we're fine we're fine and I couldn't even get a, a seat at half the places in Manhattan that were open and I'm thinking everybody that's why Manhattan's having same... the biggest problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah because everyone's like but what I've never cooked in my life like I know a girl who's probably 34 and she has never cooked a meal for herself in her entire life and she told me, she's like, I'm really freaking out. Like, what happens if things really close? I'm like, babe, this is the moment when you need to get, like, Cooking 101. Like, the easiest book for, like, college kids. That you can make a grilled cheese. I'm like, this is the time that you might need to branch out of eating out for every single meal. Like, Yeah, maybe instead of um, me doing... I mean, honestly, though, she might be the person who is going to keep all the local businesses afloat. Oh, exactly. <laughs> but maybe and instead also of like the pot dealers, that girl would buy an ounce at a time. I'm like, where is this money? Where is I this mean, money maybe coming instead from? Instead of me putting up lesson plans every day for like preschool to through fifth grade kids, I should be putting up <laughs> recipes. Like, if you've never cooked, here's what you do. Honestly, that's a great idea, and you could actually do like funny Bravo ones. Like here. Dummy's Guide to Making Alexella Frances. Oh my God. I love that. (laughs) I might actually consider it in one of our, um, doing a project, a little initiative, a helpful initiative that I'm doing with um, Bronwyn Windenberg from OC and Anthony Larry, who's one of my favorite podcasters and uh, Instagram comedians, talents, entertainers, whatever, um, ever. And we're trying to figure out a way about how we can kind of connect all these different talents because I know People have seen all these different Bravo Lebs doing these solo initiatives of like, email me what you need in your Amazon uh, mm. list and stuff like that. And I'll send as many as I can, but they get flooded and they don't know which is real, what's not, what's important, what isn't, what's urgent. And so Bronwyn had the idea of like, how do we kind of consolidate all of this and kind of all 
bring everyone together and not just do like a, each person in case, you know, just for more concise reasons. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, whatever you need, I will do whatever I can to kind of help front this platform and figure that out. So maybe I'll include in there some uh, some free recipes. Because <laughs> that's, I don't I have mean, travel be- money, but... It could be interesting because maybe you could try to find a way to do something where you get like a housewife from each uh, like, you know, show or franchise or just people on Bravo or people on the Internet. And they could do like a five minute thing. And within those five minutes, maybe we can like link something on Facebook. This is like you could totally take this out. Like you probably can link something on Facebook to like donate here. And there's yeah. like a relief fund, so it's like within We've those been, five that's minutes. Exactly that what we were thinking on. of something like yeah. that, kind of like, like what a Rosie telethon. O'Donnell did, or something like that. Like, yeah, we're thinking like very telephony. I love that. Yeah. As I'm gonna write that, no, I'm not. I'm gonna end up listening to this over <laughs> and be like, I remember. <laughs> I know. I always do that, and then I'm listening back, and I'm like, it's always me just listening. I'm. <laughs> and in case you missed it something else that I've done for you know volunteer relief efforts to help you through this difficult time is a bonus episode where I have talked season three the first few episodes with Raven from Bitches Better and mainly Bravo we talked season three of Real Housewives of Atlanta which if you are thinking of what Bravo shows to binge and you don't know where to start season three of Atlanta is absolutely breathtaking it is one of the best seasons i've ever seen of all shows ever and it makes you understand especially for those who currently maybe don't understand why Mimi leaks is given so much like rope and so much leash to kind of do whatever she wants and why she's been kept around this long oh you need to watch because the, the woman is iconic and the show itself it consistently reminds us why it was always the highest rated and still is the highest rated franchise of all time yeah i agree i started watching rewatching season two of atlanta like a week and a half ago oh that's a good one and that's the one that it was, was a great lead in it was just so good and that is yeah, she was a total... fashion show with no fashions oh yeah poor Sheree. and it's also when like the first episode she's like yeah, well, um, Bob left me and the kids with no money and didn't pay our mortgage for the past 18 months. So we got kicked out. This is our new house. And it was like, what? <laughs> like, immediately, like, just like starting on like the worst note. And then, you know, Kim and Big Papa and her. Oh, the Escalade. Thank you, Papa. <laughs> Y'all say thank you, Papa. Like, you have your kids. Thank you, Papa. This is so appropriate. I love it. <laughs> I just always love that those early seasons, you'd see Kim just smoking cigarettes in the bathroom like smoking a cigarette in the kitchen and you forget that back you know fairly recently people were still smoking cigarettes inside and I mean people could do that now I'm just I don't see it but uh, like it just always makes me great (laughs) shocked like your kid is right there but I guess yeah the least it's fine secondhand smoke we didn't even care about it yet maybe I don't know um, <laughs> speaking of rewatches, I'll be doing a rewatch and cover of Roni season one and a little bit of season two, um, probably later this week as well as part of my bonus episode, Conquest, to bring you two episodes a week because, again, hashtag what else I got to do. So that'll be happening. And in the spirit of what else I got to do, I'm going to be going on So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This week, by the time this comes out, it'll probably be the next day or sometime the same week as this podcast. 
go subscribe to Ryan Bailey So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey because I am coming out of my short-lived VPR retirement just to go <laughs> right back. But I am watching one episode. It'll be this week's episode. So not the wedding. I will not do that to myself. But I will be watching this week's episode post-wedding and covering it on Ryan's show. And I'm not excited about it, but I, it, it, there's, there's few people I would do this for. Ryan happens to be one of them. Um, I would do it for you, Megan, if you asked me to. Aww, Thank God thanks. you talk mainly hot topics on your show because I wouldn't want to do it. So <laughs> I'll be going right back into retirement after this, but I will be coming in with fresh eyes. Someone who hasn't seen the last maybe three or four episodes, didn't see the wedding whatsoever, and I'll be just jumping back in as if I really care for myself. Mm -hmm. so you do it for your craft you do it for your art exactly I'm doing it for the people and this is what you know is the this is this is the stuff they want the goods they want and I'm happy to provide you know we're in the service (laughs) industry basically and I'm here to I'm here to make you have a good time so that being said I am still gonna keep my promise and I have brought on another person who can talk VPR and the most led to the most like waited for episode it seems of Vanderpump Rules history and it's this gosh damn wedding and we're finally here we finally passed it it is in our rear view mirror I can feel you guys's exhaustion through my dms so (laughs) I have Megan here who was going to basically tell us how this went down and cover it since I have no fucking idea we're in Kentucky I know that and I know that I've heard their vows were like literally ridiculous something about like you like friends I like friends yeah the wedding itself you know as as a whole it was really beautiful and you could tell Brittany was super happy her mouth was agape the entire night so you could tell she was happy he seemed somewhat happy he seemed shocked (laughs) that he actually got to this point I feel like he was surprised he ended up at the altar I feel like he kind of assumed he would have backed out at this point, but it was nice. She looked really beautiful and he looked surprisingly good for being uh, Jax and like, you know, yeah, being Jax period. Uh, (laughs) The wedding itself was nice. Yeah. Their vows were like two 17 year olds, but I think both of them have like a serious case of arrested development and have stopped growing and maturing since age 12. So yeah, talking about the show friends and hanging out with their friends and, I'm trying to think. They talked about Hooters and chicken wings. Oh, and it, it just was like house. an incredibly highbrow ceremony. And then it was nice. They gave each other the rings, whatever. And you could see Jack's like putting the ring on his finger being like, oh my God, can I cheat on Brittany tonight? Like, is that bad? So he definitely is oh, very confused. Uh, but other than that, I'm trying to think. We had some good... Sandoval Jack's drama where it was the number one guy in the group was still being questioned there was a whole thing because at the after party they ran out of booze so I guess there were 60 bottles of vodka somewhere and Jax was screaming at everybody at the party at everybody who's working there at Britney freaks out at Tom Sandoval about this missing vodka and how people started to have to pay for their drinks and it made Jax look pretty cheap that all of his friends are having to pay with a cash bar so Jack starts going batshit crazy. And then Tom Sandoval, obviously Captain Sandoval with his cape, like swoops on in. He's like, I've got the vodka. Everybody should be happy. And Jack's is like, oh, all right, thanks. 
and then gives him a C plus as a groomsman. Yeah, for the whole her fucking basically giving him a grade that people think that he does not deserve. They were like, you know, the guy brought the tamps. He brought the, you know, he was making sure the drinks were flowing. He was lit up at the at the at the after party. Like he incredible dance moves. Great best man and he pulled through after you put him out of your wedding and he still rallied behind you yeah I I don't think Jax has any like respect for friends and the time and effort they put into things you know Tom Sandoval was like I brought a sewing machine here like he had to oh my god so you know like additional things like that that Jax can't even see as something kind kind of annoys me and makes it difficult to watch so we see that freak out that was whatever then we have I'm trying I'm kind of going through my little list there was a really I mean it's terrible it's a sweet moment but Brittany was having the father-daughter dance with her father and Lala began crying about her father and they had like this very nice uh, her and Rand had this really sweet exchange about how you know obviously she won't be able to have that with her dad at their wedding and it was really sweet. Time, and, I would have been empathetic for Lala. Yeah, it was actually interesting because she can be so vile and, you know, holier than thou for no reason. Like, she has no reason to ever act the way she does. But it kind of made me feel for her and just be like, oh, yeah, I do forget that she is, you know, going through a lot. We see Sheena hooking up with a groomsman, doing, like, sloppy kisses with this guy. It was so awesome. cool. It was so Very awesome. on brand. Yeah, I love that for her. And I also love that she kind of stuck it to Kristen, being like, Kristen's sitting here crying about Carter still, a guy who is a absolute bona fide loser. And I'm hanging out, making out with the tall groomsman. Like, I think I've won. Which but- is why I, find, I love that <laughs> Sheena, again, she gives me so much Teresa vibes of like, I can take on the whole cast. I really don't care. It's fine. And I love that about her energy and her, her confidence because even so far this season, I remember Kristen saying something to the effect of like, I don't want to be single. I see how everyone like treats Sheena. I don't want to be the Sheena, you yeah. know? And I'm like, why? Sheena is winning. All of you guys are literally settling down left and right and settling because you think you have to. You think that this means you're grown <clears throat> up when you just like sit down with the one person who granted you may love and may love you, but like, and just buy a house that all looks the same simply because you need to in your 30s. Sheena is like, nope, fuck that. I thought that about myself once. I did it. I was miserable. Fuck misery. Exactly. And I think she, because she did have this big fairy tale life with Mike, you know, I say all of this in quotes, of course, and then realize that all of this is kind of a crock of shit and like love and relationships and everything like that are, is worth having is hard to keep. And, you know, her and Mike could have really like, worked through some of their issues with like therapy and you know Al-Anon for her and you know but she was like fuck this I don't want to do this hard work for this you know guy so whatever that's not who your person is it's kind of understandable and I believe and I understand I think that there's a great deal to be said about people who can admit that hopefully before they walk down the aisle but it's like how I've always thought about Katie and Tom and why I still don't think that Tom forgetting to submit the license or whatever is uh, an accident because I don't believe they wanted them to be they wanted to be together she gave an ultimatum after the ring on a string and he was like I don't want to like he basically cried on every confessional about it for like a year 
Yeah, he was never thrilled to be getting married. And then the year after, he was screaming at her, I hate the sound of your voice. Yeah, you know? we're supposed like, to believe the Bubba house and the Bubba love and all this Bubba shit. And it's weird. On so many different podcasts and web shows and whatever from all these people, they always talk about, like, who's the sexiest? Who has the craziest life sexually? Whatever. And I feel like I've heard Stassi be like, Tom and Katie are crazy. Like, you can't even explain the things that they do. And it's like, what do they do? Like, what's so crazy that they do? Like, I can't see him ever getting it up because of the amount of booze he has. Not to mention how. They literally, Katie literally said that they hadn't had sex in years. So you want me to believe that they're going from never having sex and her telling him on national television that your (laughs) dick doesn't work. And they're just going to magically jump into having consistent, crazy, passionate sex with sans therapist, sans, like, you know, actually working through their shit, sans respecting each other. Like without um, money, basically <laughs> a bed of Cheetos and fruit by the foot and whatever was on that hotel bed last year. Junk yeah, and, a, and a, that a, was a what violinist, and a violinist in, in a shower. <laughs> the show is so good. Like it sucks because all of the characters are terrible. However, <laughs> I always smile or get something out of it. You know, you don't watch these people to, like, get moral. Like, I'm not watching Jackson and Brittany and thinking, oh, these two are my moral compass. You know, I, I can't believe if they would have a homophobic pastor. Shocker! Actually stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just think, like, I don't watch these people because they're good people. I don't watch them because they're good friends, good children, good employees. Like, I just watch it because it's kind of a train wreck. And it makes me feel like... I somehow have my shit together a little bit. I'm like, well, at least I'm not, you know, completely unaware of, like, myself. Have, like, I have goals. I have, you know, dreams and self-respect. I'm like, okay, great. Okay, so I don't have those things. But I think another way of looking at that is like, also finding yourself in these characters where, you know, I see a lot of, like, I've done my fair share of Dark Passenger Stassi vibes on poor men in the past and they're like I don't want to be with you anymore and you know it's like oh wow I (laughs) yeah like I don't get it and then you see someone like Stassi having an absolute freak out moment you know can't handle her emotions it goes to anger whatever and she freaks out and then I'm watching it being like huh yeah I think I could say I could say those things like I would say that or I would do that or I'd react like that in a really bad moment so then you can hopefully, you know, tell that, take that to your therapist and be like, so Stassi Schroeder, Dark Passenger <laughs> over, Dark Passenger on boat on this last week's episode. And, and I, I really me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I think that's basically me. I related um, to that. <laughs> didn't want to, but I was there. I found myself there. I saw a tweet that said, um, you know, you have to approach Vanderpump Rules with the same mind, heart, and spirit that lets you forgive Lauren Conrad, season one of The Hills, when she forewent a internship in Paris with Teen Vogue <laughs> to live like beachside with her boyfriend that broke up with her like within a week. <laughs> Are you kidding? I've done some dumb shit. Like you exactly. And when I, when I read that <sighs> tweet, I was like, okay, I actually get it now because when I'm like. How could you? This makes zero sense. What are you even doing? This is so irresponsible. But I'm like, oh, wait, we did sit through the hills being blatantly stupid for years. And somehow, once it was all over, a few of them actually turned out rather okay. 
I mean, a lot of them have. Oddly enough, I I feel like the the Hills reboot was also good. Everybody hated it, and here I am being like, I miss Spencer. I, I mean, granted, also like, most idiot. of them were in their twenties, and uh, <laughs> whereas most of Vanderpump Rules are in their thirties plus, <laughs> so yeah, it makes it a little darker. Yeah, and we're letting them kind of stay low in order <laughs> for to stay entertained. Um, I will say that. I've often, you know, rebutted people's comments of, I can't stand Tom. He's so holier than now. He's an asshole. I'm like, sweetie, newsflash, they're all assholes. That's literally the point. They're all assholes. That was literally the casting call for the show was Lisa (laughs) Vanderpump's assholes. It was, who was the most holier than thou than the entire rest of her crew? She had a large, large staff. And it was, who was the, the least humble for a service person. And that's not to say that service people can't have large personalities or that they're below anyone. It's just that they literally thought they were the same level and caliber as Lisa Vanderpump as wannabe actors and actresses who worked a little bit and now had like maybe a reality show, but they thought that they were the same as this millionaire restaurant maven who was on House of the Beverly Hills. I remember Stassi like went away, quit sir, came back. And wanted to be like Lisa Vanderpump's stylist. And she was like, I don't understand why Lisa won't let me be her stylist. And it was like, honey, with what portfolio? <laughs> also, like, who are Stassi, you? you have actual taste. Lisa Vanderpump looks crazy all the time. She looks like a magician's assistant, like in this little outfit. Uh, yeah, or, those satin like, blouses and those... the jeans and those bell bottoms. She looks like she could be an oil, like an oil, she looks like an oil men's wife in Dallas. <laughs> I well, actually, love when Dallas, she... they have better taste than that. In, like, lower <laughs> parts of Texas that they really get their hands dirty in the farms and fields. And she just looks like she does that work, but it's, like, the top of the chain of the farmers and farmers' wives. <laughs> so she looks great for the farm, but not necessarily for Beverly Hills. I like when she wears jeans and, like, a crisp white button down with a collar. I am, and I think she's so cool. <laughs> that, sorry that was like my man. weird fangirl I'm like I think she's really cool <laughs> I just would love to run into her one day and be like oh that's real satin yeah it is mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like touch it oh my god so let's see Vanderpump Rules I'll be covering that this week but you know I, I doubt this is going to be what brings me back in um, until then I'm just grateful that I have people like you to come on and tell me what happened um yeah sounds like a great time so happy that you guys are through <laughs> that tough moment of the way thank you so much thank you because Kentucky seems rough every single person that told me about it was like we just want to get the fuck out of Kentucky now like we've been we in here three or four light. episodes it's a lot <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to something that was not a lot and that would be the Housewives of New Jersey part three reunion. That was not a lot. That is perfect way of describing it. It was, <laughs> it should have just been called like part 2B. I've often said that all of this could have been two episodes. I'm borderline saying it could have been an email, which is basically like a Watch It Happens Live special. <laughs> could have been an email. This could yeah. have been a below deck reunion like oh, in the clubhouse. <laughs> this did not need the fanfare that we got. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I'm with you on the let's cap it at two, keep it really juicy, bring less of the husbands and Gorga out. You know, Joe Gorga, love ya, but no, you're not I, a housewife. You're not I a housewife. I disagree. I thought the men were the only good part of the well, entire thing. <laughs> they bring like a levity, like they bring joy and I like that, but it's like, I think you can really go in deeper with some of these conversations and ask better questions. And no, I feel like Andy's losing sense. his, I feel like Andy's losing his 
charm when it comes to these shows because I feel like he's a really big celebrity and and is so ingrained in these people's lives at this point like he's known Teresa for 10 plus years through everything so I feel like he can be a little bit biased and I don't know I also feel like he's over it like I honestly feel like he's over hosting these reunions I think he should just stay hosting watch what happens live and I think they should have a new person who like kind of slums it in the reunions because I honestly feel like that's what he thinks it is it's like his hardest job it's a long day it's tiresome then he also has to then it's like hard for him because he's also a boss so whenever they come Mm -hmm. on watch what happens live and we all get excited for it they're not really allowed to say anything or they're going to get in trouble because their boss is right there so they have to say you'll have to wait and see or catch me at the reunion because and then he gets annoyed and we can see it like he literally I think he should just be sticking to his own show and being the boss instead of being so intertwined with all of the little things that happen because it just seems like he is over it now the amount of times he feels shut up at the people and like he shut just seems up. like the fact that he has to scream that at a bunch of adults <laughs> yeah and then they it's, don't shut up which is the best part. like a teacher with my kids it's like yeah. okay i mean i'm not yelling at them to shut up but i'm just like y'all are not going outside until we are quiet and <laughs> andy's basically out. like we're not going to be done this conversation until you let me get through like and then he, i think he just gives up he doesn't necessarily pull for the good stuff like he used to like he could really do heavy hitting stuff and pull from it and and get them and milk it for all it was worth back in the day but I do think that the reason that the men come on I've heard rumors that they're like the only franchise that pay the men to be on the show the other ones don't which is why the men are on like they don't they have their own segments like when the women are away we've seen them hang out multiple times yeah because they're the only ones who get paid to be on the show allegedly so that would make sense as to why they get such many so many you know things with you know um the reunions but I think Joey needed to be out there a lot because Teresa I mean this is the whole season the only actual viable content was Teresa's deportation situation with her husband and the lawyers and then the ideas of like your husband was also a bad man before this (laughs) Joe did you what did you think (laughs) did you ever ask her or ask him about cheating on it and he was like basically I could not I'm her brother and she was still in love with him and married to him so if I found out and basically whooped his ass what would I have done like then I don't want to talk to my sister forever and I'm like, oh, that's a good point. It's it's a hard line. And I feel like a lot of girlfriends are like that too in the same situation. Just anybody you love. Like if you know somebody in your life is definitely getting cheated on or is in a bad situation or like they are doing something bad, you know, I feel like you could tell them once. Like you could have one genuine conversation where you say, hey, I'm worried about you, X, Y, and Z. And you kind of gauge how they respond. And I can never even imagine how hard it was for Teresa to deal with her family and friends after all of the footage from seasons ago when they were in the vineyard mm-hmm. and he's like, my cunt wife, and like saying all those things, clearly talking to another woman on the phone. You know, oh, I wonder yeah. how oh, that was when it was coming away. out. Coming over. And I'm like, yeah. oh no, this is bad. <laughs> yeah, that is not kind. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not putting any you know blame on Teresa or anything but Joe also I think you know might suffer with some sort of alcoholism I think we've saw it on the show like I did like a rewatch of I think it was season four or three or I don't remember but 
you know, he got plastered one night and he was doing cartwheels in his kitchen and chips his front tooth. You know, he was always drinking on those shows. We saw them discuss the drinking when she was in Italy. She was like, oh, I, I see you're drinking again. You know, and so I, I think, you know. Oh, he got into like, like that accident that one season too. Yeah, it was like, yeah. he was, and he said he fell asleep or something like that at the wheel. But yeah. it was, you know, I mean, but to be honest, they were just, Joe's just not a good man. And I think that's where we all knew. And we're just happy to see Teresa finally getting off. However, mm-hmm hot take from an entertainment perspective just because she now understands that doesn't mean we let her off easy with well we're glad you learned your lesson to me this means that this is the reason why we should ask questions that she wouldn't answer back then because the little things she was giving us were good it was good shit like Mm -hmm. when she was even at the house in um they were at the shore house and she was like oh yeah he had two cell phones at one time why didn't we get that that conversation at the reunion because they didn't really ask about that like so he had the two cell phones what were on them what did we what did you used to find like we want to know because there's no reason she's not protecting him like that anymore and not to mention i want to know if there was any truth to what jacqueline larita said years ago that he had some woman on his desk and apparently Teresa walked in. Did you really see that? I feel like now she would be honest. She totally had to see that. She totally did. I want to know about it. I want to hear about it. And I don't, and I understand that they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm trying to protect my daughters, but honey, eventually they're going to watch this show. They're they're not going to be young forever, at least Gia. And to be honest, they already love their dad and they understand that humans are complicated they should also see that though he is flawed and, and made a great many mistakes, that you stood by him and maybe they will cut you a little slack as well. And it's not necessarily to say that show them this to like make, you know, manipulate them into saying like, look, I'm a good wife and a good mom, but they deserve to know the truth. Cause I think that protecting them, sometimes protecting your kids, there is a, a level of too much. And Teresa is so busy protecting them against, you know, thinking negatively about their dad to the point of like they can't stand her she's doing everything that she can she's paying all this money all these things that just is not fair or she doesn't get enough recognition for and I know in a few years they'll probably come back and be like mom we really appreciated what you did but at the same time it could break her heart now that she's like alone in her own house so she's doing a shit ton yeah I know and it's hard because she wanted to stick by him she wanted to keep the nuclear family together and I think after the passing of her mother there was definitely a turn. Everything changed. Where it was like, you took a year of my life away from my mother. You took away a year of my life from my children, from my husband, from the life that we thought we had. And I think that changed her perspective on how she felt about him. And then, you know, you saw in Italy, she had like physical boundaries with him. And I think that was probably the moment he realized, you really, like, I really fucked up. You know, she's not coming back. She's not the spineless little thing I thought she was, you know, while I'm in jail. She's paying off my debt, working, busting her ass, raising. He really work, thought you know, she was just going to be this ride or die forever. Yeah. And people like, have what? a line. Prison <laughs> usually so is it. <laughs> yeah. There's only so much that she could have really done. She stood by him. She paid his debt. And I, I applaud her for that because I could understand her mindset of just wanting to keep the peace wanting to have the kids go to school and pay the debt and just get everything 
out of the way so she could start fresh and he comes out and now you know she's dating and going out and you know he's getting some of the time that she lost you know sitting around waiting for that schlub to get out of jail you know and to mention I mean, and, jo- and Joey made, her brother made a good point. You're like, you don't know how much of the stress of her daughter being in prison put on his mom, oh like God, on their mom. And especially, you know, knowing like, this is not what she came to America for. This is not what she gave her daughter away for. This is not what she wanted mm-hmm. when she wanted her kids to be okay. And to a mom who had two kids, who ended up in this beautiful Franklin Lace. Like they did really well. So she had all these kids, beautiful grandkids. Her, 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 Teresa and Joe's parents think their kids are set. They're fine. The last thing they expected was to have to worry about their grown daughter mm-hmm. going away to jail and having to take care of her kids for her in their old age. Like they never expected that. And that would put stress and pressure on any kid. And I think Teresa is finally sticking up, you know, against Joe because she's thinking, what if I married Gia off and she went to prison and I had to do this mm-hmm. for her care? Are you kidding me? Teresa would fucking pull blood. <laughs> she would never, man. she would absolutely not. And, and Joey, her brother, if that happened to Antonia, are oh. you kidding? <laughs> good luck and good luck. You would want to stay in prison because Joey would find you and join you. That's what he would do. So, <laughs> like, Most please. Definitely. And I think well, he made, he made that point, and that made me really sad. I was like, you know, and I think that is what made Teresa kind of click with like what you said is her mom dying is like, oh, that was my last year. If I had known I only had a year left with her, I would have yeah. everything would have been different. And so she wised up, and I think we're all grateful for it. And well, hopefully she, she finds a nice Jewish boy like Evan, who like yeah, is Teresa a sleeper hottie. And I had no idea I would be so He's very him. sweet. And I think that's Teresa's point. <laughs> She's like, I'm sick of these hot-headed Italians that are mean to me. I want a nice man who is very yeah. sweet and is good to me. Like this rich man over here with, a, lawyer, <laughs> with a big house and is kind to his wife. A, a concept. Oh, yeah. I, c- I can't imagine that. But uh, yeah, I liked her. She was like, I don't know. I want to be like lovey-dovey with someone and have fun and cuddle i was like oh she just wants like a sweet nice guy because she's used to, to be honest i'm telling you and people have often said i think she wants joey like the way that she the way joey feels about his wife i think she's always resented and been jealous of yeah I in mean, so course. many ways the, the, as misogynistic so as he is their entire relationship is very yeah. as misogynistic very as he is He's like misogynistic by like trade and not by practice. Like he thinks I have to keep her in the kitchen. I have to say these things. That's what he was raised to think. But then he'll be like, you can't go to work. And then he'll be like, I'm going to build you a whole boutique myself. Like, yeah, or I'm going to build you a recording to... studio in the right, basement. Right, in the ba- Like who does that? <laughs> like, How many times has cat. she walked in there? Three times, I'd say. Well, yeah, probably max. And it's still there. And he still did it. Like, that's because he loves his wife. And he still took her on a walk on the beach when they were in the Hamptons. Like, he still oh, yeah, I like hot. That. And they like to dance. Like, I think Teresa wants someone to, like, show affection to her publicly and, like, be like, hey, I love this woman. I mean, I'm into her still. And that's something that she maybe won't, would never have gotten from Joe and BJ, but could maybe get from an Evan cousin or friend. 
Evan's cousin. And Evan's husband are friends. And you like, know, TBH, Evan, if you know anybody, like a nice guy in his 30s, <laughs> just send him my way too. I like a nice Jewish guy. Why not? Why not? You know, I mean, if she has a better chance of getting a good recommendation from him than she does from her old friend, Danielle, <laughs> who has been do- basically engaged so many times that I just don't understand why we st- even let her slip. I think Danielle had to be on something that made her very calm. Vicky Gunvalson calm a couple years yeah. ago. I forget what reunion <laughs> it was that she was like, I think she like said that she took like a Xanax or two and that's what made her so yeah. calm. And it was the, that's my opinion, like the Brooks era. She yeah. was so calm that it was almost like a disservice to us. We couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. Kind of how it felt with Danielle and her demanding to sit next to Andy and Andy basically telling her no. He was like, I can't <laughs> sit you next to Marge or Teresa because you'll kill them. Like, they'll kill you. You'll kill, you'll kill each other. <laughs> and he was like, it's just like, well, what about moving Marge? And he basically wanted to say, She's a full-time housewife. Why the hell would I move her? No, I'm not moving her for you, honey. I don't care who you think you are. And I'm like, ooh, you've entered that territory. Nobody puts Beverly in the corner. Like, and Beverly. what do they do? They put her in the corner. They, <laughs> they put her in the, put her in the corner. Not chair. She cooled so quickly. And then they didn't, the didn't even get to sit close to Andy. They didn't even move the couch and put the chair next to Andy. <laughs> They partially just did before it was cool. Before it was directed by the government. Bravo. <laughs> the government mandate. Bravo. So yeah. first. I I I don't know. I felt bad for Danielle. I think she like why? She has a cooking show. True. She is doing the Lord's work. Her and Phoenix uh <laughs> Kemsley. Uh, uh exactly who's know, i'm I, a little bit more inclined to watch just saying <laughs> yeah same with me uh i don't know i guess i think i kind of feel bad because i'm assuming she watched the show yeah but she probably saw how much everybody was like daniel's fucking crazy she probably watched Teresa on screen say like yeah she is crazy she made me do these things i don't know why i like her and even like all of the girls getting ready to like cheer melissa on to go to the lunch to like dump Danielle out of the friend group just like felt like it was a little bit mean girls and I'm not saying I agree with Danielle or like think she's in the right or like not crazy but I could imagine watching that back and being like oh my god like everybody hates me (laughs) you know like this sucks granted it's because of my own choices and you know like things I did but I don't know I could see her being like I just gotta get barred out for the reunion go through it pretend to quit on watch what happens live and like just keep keep the bus going on the reunion and and Andy was like I doubt this is the last we'll see of you and she's she's like like, you're right right. (laughs) (laughs) but I think honestly like people are saying that I think she went to a place of you know, they're probably going to fire me because of this physicality that I did, which I don't necessarily think would have happened. If anything, I think if they had fined her, she couldn't afford to pay the fine. That's what I really think would have happened. Because Nene got, you know, reestablished as a full-time housewife on Atlanta with only a three-episode penalty. But Danielle's a friend of it. wouldn't have had her on that many episodes anyway. And she assaulted the production team. Not to mention... Ashley Darby's husband on Potomac, though, uh, you know, the charges were dropped, doesn't mean he was cleared 
Uh, he allegedly, you know, made a lot of producers uncomfortable, a great many. And they talked about it on the show. And Ashley is for sure coming back. So Ashley's I, like, I, I'm unbothered that my husband keeps sexually harassing people. She's like, I stand by my man. It's like, well, if you're And it's one of the him. main reasons why I love Potomac so much, not because of Ashley, because the amount of times the women to her were like, So you're okay with your husband grabbing butts? Like to her face. Like it wasn't and she's like, he doesn't. It's fun and it's Australian. Like, you guys wouldn't get it. Like, and, and many of Australians have told me that it's false. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know to, to tell me unwanted butt touching is an Australian thing. Never like, heard no. of it. <laughs> Not to mention, I mean, I just I just love that what would have been a, a confessional for so many other shows. Giselle and Karen, never. Not a, no, no, never a confessional. It will be said first on the screen with the others. And she's like, are you believing that he did it? And she goes, are you under the impression that he didn't? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, I thought this was common. No, I thought we were on the fact train and you were telling me what you're going to do about it. And I'm like, oh, what good stuff. But see, like, we don't, we're, we're getting this attitude from Danielle. I think that she was just trying to, you know, think, say that she was doing the right thing. So if she did want to return, mm. they wouldn't be mad at her about it because Teresa pushed Amy. She's still here. Like, it's fine. <laughs> A little yeah. light violence on Jersey never hurt anyone. It's just light violence. Yeah, Joe and Joe, Joe Gorga and I mean, DJ have fought like hello. <laughs> the christening, like let us not forget. They like, literally let, mothers were being other. pushed. <laughs> you know, like charged people. each other. <laughs> and then like that day, like they were in like that big ass ballroom where Teresa was on her knees and was like, "We're begging Stop you, we're on our hands and knees." Stop hurting us, and then Joe and Joe like will charge each other. But somehow, I mean, literally, Teresa like threw Andy down back in the chair that season. But I mean, granted, Margaret did have to go to the chiropractor, and that's that's bad. It's at least three visits to get whatever she. That was a large pull. She like pulled and dragged. It was not good. I was like, I didn't know she dogged walked there. That's terrible. And Teresa's like, I didn't see it, and then we just see her see it. And I'm yeah. like, this is what I'm talking about. I almost wish, and this sounds selfish. It. I almost wish Teresa would have just been like, yeah, so the fuck what? I didn't like you then. I was bored and I didn't, I wanted to see something. I thought it would be funny. It wasn't funny to you, but you know, at the time I wasn't your friend. I like wanted that old Teresa energy that was like, okay, we were, we're maybe good now, but we weren't good then. So I had no loyalty to you then. I kind of did not want her to coil so quickly because it kind of defeated the purpose of yelling at Danielle about it. She was like, you ratted me out. We can't be friends because you ratted me out. Margaret, I'm so, so sorry that I ever even said it. I'm so sorry. It's so bad that I did that to you. Danielle, why'd you tell people? I'm like, how can it be both? Because if she never told, would you even apologize? Well, (laughs) exactly. Well, that's, I don't know. I don't think they're going to get anywhere. But I do think in three years, Teresa's going to be like, yeah, I was doing yogas with Danielle's again. Like, you know, like, she's going to slowly get her way back. Because I feel like Danielle's a friend who sends, like, a banana bread one day. And then the next day, she sends, like, two bottles of wine. She's like, I just had these extra in the house. Then the third day, she's like. And on the third day, she sends her blackmail plea. You be my friend, Ariel's. Basically, she sends a friendship contract in the mail. The people things. Yeah, I have always thought that she had something on Teresa anyway, and I of course some, she does. I have some ideas as to what it is, but I I would because uh, uh, Danielle even now still sounds so eerie talking about it. They're like, "Do you think you guys will ever get back together?" And on the day she quit, 
on Watch It Happens Live, she was like, Teresa and I, we have a friendship that can't be brought. I'm like, you're not speaking like someone who got dumped. So you obviously feel like this dumping is temporary and she'll come back to her senses when she remind her where her senses are. Oh, this, this, they will be brought together again. They that can be enemies again on screen, back together. but they'll at least be fighting. Like they'll be either friends or fighting, but she will do that. Yes. And the same literally could be said about MJ and Reza over on Shaw's. Mm. Woof. I don't think they'll ever be friends again. And I honestly feel like we're watching all the reasons why they shouldn't be. Because this is kind of like, we'll definitely switch dynamics in the same exact topic and conversation when we switch to Roa. But it seems as if we're watching all, like, we're watching them dig a hole deeper and deeper into being non-friends. Yeah, I think what Reza did to MJ is irreparable damage. And I don't think that MJ and Tommy really need that energy. And I think we saw it with Tommy's conversation with MJ after he smashed all the plants in the backyard. He's like crying in his arms and he's like, I thought my wife was gone. And it broke me. Like watching this man just fight for his wife and know how hard she's been going through the last, like what she's been going through for the last year between losing her father, between having this incredibly high risk pregnancy, almost dying. And, and like all of this, and is then to also him. have her her ability to be a mother again taken from her. Yes, on exactly. the same on the same day, like the day you have yeah. to give birth and become a mom, you can no longer be a new mom at the same time. That's a lot. And she was in the ICU, so when she wakes up, she has to find out that information. Yeah, it just seemed like he was like the world has stopped for him. And he said, this is supposed to be the happiest day of our lives, but it was the worst day of my life to be reminded that my wife could easily die and I'd be a single father. And I didn't know this, but Tommy's mom died when he was really young. So it's probably an additional layer of why he's uber sensitive to MJ and why he's so incredibly protective over the baby and her. And, you know, frankly, I don't blame him. He's like, bitch, I went to your house to break your fucking legs. You're only lucky I didn't. I only broke I hit a plant and not a window <laughs> and broke my way in. He yeah. thought about his son at that time. I mean, totally. we'll say, I mean, I don't know. It could be his, you know, his upbringing. He is from, he is not from Beverly Hills, honey. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they do things differently everywhere. That's why I always say you have to watch your mouth sometimes because especially people who you don't know, you don't know what they've been through or what they're dealing with and you don't know where their line is. What you mm-hmm. think is mild to them, he sees someone who he thought was his wife's best friend did not come and visit mm-hmm. her in the hospital before he found out that MJ might have said, you know, started these rumors. Before that, he didn't even come visit her. So he was already on that tail. And then to hear like the first thing that you want to wake my wife up with is some bullshit after she's been in ICU and he almost could have become a single father, but also had to hear that he can't really expand his family the same way anymore. And that his wife is, he has to walk her through that as a woman and as a new mom, if she wakes up, like that's too much for someone. And then at a pool party where she, the first time she even really gets to get out, Granted, I think mm-hmm. Nima is messy as hell for bringing her. She probably Oof, should not have gone. Messy but now that she went, the first thing you want to do is tell the whole world her medical history and make it make it make it her fault that she was in the ICU, basically. 
I mean, not even basically. He said that's why your uterus exploded. And I'm like, first of all, that's not what happened. That is not medically accurate. So stop it. And B, rude. Excuse me. No, that's not what we're going to do. And I just felt like what Tommy did is one of those things that people are like, well, that's inexcusable. I'm like, well, we've gone through a lot of inexcusable things up until this point. This is at the bottom of the list of inexcusable items. I'm just saying. Is I it, mean, do I condone it? You know, vandalizing people's property? No, but at the same time, I, I, I don't want to say he's lucky, but I mean, you can't determine where someone's line is and what, how they're going to react to what you do. And the punishment didn't fit the crime. What Reza said to MJ did not fit what she allegedly did to him in starting these rumors. Say your husband cheats on you too. That's the same playing field. Telling her that basically she'll never be a mother again and it's all her fault because of this reason that we did not need to know, nor did we know. Now that, it seems like, is a little much. And I can understand why a husband who went through all this or a husband who didn't go through all this. There are plenty of husbands that I can see being like, uh, excuse me, what we're not going to do is this bullshit. Yeah. I mean, a good husband would do that. <laughs> like, period. The selfish. And he called him. He did call yeah, him. Yeah, he tried. And he Reza, said, Tommy said, Tommy I had to get Reza's phone number from MJ's phone. Like, that shows you how little they even interact with one another. That they don't even have each other's phone number, but you guys are classmates on a show. But Reza is just a piece of shit. You know, he's super selfish. And the misogynistic comments that he said about her abortions, as if that is in such a difficult situation and choice for a woman to make in the first place, when you confide in your friends and you confide in people you hope that they're not going to explore your information. Like, you don't even know if her mother knows that, you know? Like, you don't know who right. in her life knows about You don't know abortions. if her husband knows yeah. that. Yes, you don't exactly. know. That's because, so- frankly, it's not really his business because he wasn't with her then. And, yes. uh, you know, it's this is she. What we do know is that she did not have, make any kind of choice like that for the son that she has now. Clearly, she wanted this son. So for you to say, that because of her past choices and actions that were obviously hard on her as a woman who eventually did want a child, as we see, that she'll never be able to do it again and you're blaming her for it, you're no bad. Like, it's like you're just, whether you are pro-life or pro-choice, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's something that you don't say to a friend, period. No. You do not blame them for their own tragedies. That's, that's awful. Like, I can't even wrap my mind around it. Like, as someone who maybe, like, maybe spread rumors about your husband or your family or whatever, which, granted, where there's smoke, there's fire. And we've been saying the last reunion and a half that Adam was a little bit extra flirty or whatever. This is not just mm-hmm. MJ's fault. She did. She may have watered this plant, but she did not plant this seed. Mike <laughs> did. The whole cast did. Andy asked questions. So don't make this all about her because people found out. And I had Jess Zaday on my podcast who was like, oh, honey, what she said is not even half the knowledge that we know. She was being generous. And it also <laughs> seems like Jess suggests that they kind of cooked up this situation together, but Reza took it too far. And I'm like, oh, you think? Um, and <laughs> oh, we still don't maybe. know. We still don't know her, you know, exact involvement. And we never really will because he overshadowed it. So now any blame MJ had in this rumor, we're never going to really be able to exon- to not exonerate her. Because it's like what you did was like 10 times worse. 
But you said it was like 10 times worse. And then Ugh, it's just there's destiny. What are we going off of? Yeah, I mean, well, destiny. Like, I am not a destiny fan. I didn't mind her last oh, year. Oh, me didn't neither. Like her on the people's couch, but this past episode, I didn't like her last and the year. I always one before she tried two, too hard. She tried. That's literally the first thing I wrote in my notes. Destiny is annoying and tries too hard. And Way too after, hard. like, you know, I, I, it's just hard to watch. Like, even her beef with Sarah, who seems like. You know, for someone who dated R. Kelly, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, like, if she did yeah, date R. Kelly, I mind. think she's, like, got, like, a great, a great head on her shoulders, beautiful, great girl, great job, whatever, Mercedes, MBA. But yeah, the one she's like, yeah, Robert Kelly. I was like, okay, well, we're going to have to put that one back into a uh, the think tank of if I trust you or not, because uh, that's, like, a huge red flag for um, a person. But watching the difference between Sarah and Destiny and just how they react to one another has been really fun for me because Sarah has never been into her and I think Destiny is trying so incredibly hard to be anybody other than herself and it's really hard to see like she goes to a pool party in like a long ass jacket with like fully covered a fake wig all of this hair you know, she's getting wasted at this event in DC, uh, in Vegas. Like, she's so... She's confused. a lie at like, her own event, just, too. Like, this yeah, is her like, job, and she's getting wasted on the job, which I found interesting. But one thing I do like about this cast, especially because Sherman, like, hasn't even been there until, like, today, um, they all really feel comfortable confronting each other because Destiny puts on this whole event, basically, for these guys, and they have no problem sitting down to the steak dinner before the stake and being like, <laughs> so homie, what you did was kind of was kind of foul. And basically, Nima says, Thou doth protest too much. And she's like going nuts over them calling her, not even saying that she's a liar, but like basically questioning, you know, where this idea that MJ started this rumor came from, or where MJ told Allie to do this stuff. And she goes, well, he told me that she said that. And they just want to know the truth because it's not about Ali or Shuri or whatever. It's about MJ and Destiny. Those are the people of the group. So they're like trying to figure out and get to the bottom of it. And she storms out her own dinner. And I get it. You do protest too much. She's just Reza's henchman. You know, she's, I feel like, so desperate to be on Reza's good side. After last year when she was going through that whole process of finding her father and trying to deal with some of her daddy issues. And when he looked at her and basically said, like, do you want to be sitting uh, like your mother across from your daughter and her bastard, like, wondering where her bastard father is? You know, like, uh, you know, do you want that to be your life in 20 years? And I feel like at that point, he, like, cut her so deep that this season she's, like, so desperate for him to be nice to her and to be a good friend to her. And I think she really needs that, especially, again, like, MJ and Tommy are moving on. So even if... Like, Maris and Destiny were, like, homegirls before the baby came. The baby's here. And MJ probably had to be in bed for two months after all this surgery and couldn't be, like, the fun friend that she always was so that she immediately clings to Reza. You know, she probably is talking about And Reza Gigi's about. having a baby, too. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, now the two these little catty, chatty Cathy's are, you know, hiding out and, you know, talking shit. And I could just see them kind of, like, cooking something up. And Destiny just being like, oh, yeah, well, you know what Ollie's been saying? Yeah, and of course MJ knows if she's friends with him and da-da-da. Like, I-, I feel like there's a little bit more manipulation going on behind the scenes between Destiny 
Reza. And then I feel like this Ollie guy is just thirsty to kind of be involved. And so he's like, exactly. Because as we, because Reza said that he's basically been at every single scene. We have so much footage of this man and we didn't <laughs> even know so it. Funny. So he just wants to be asked so bad to be on the show. And I've always said that because Destiny obviously did not care enough about their friendship to tell Adam directly, like, hey, this guy has this on you and it's none of my business. So either you tell your man or I will because I don't want to be involved. That's what a real friend would have done is give Adam the opportunity to tell mm-hmm. his husband like if he's been messing up or whatever behind his back. Like, hey, people know, people are talking. You need to go handle this like immediately. Like, but she didn't do that. She went straight to Reza so he could blindside Adam and then told other people. So I don't trust her. I think she's doing too much. And it's just... A friendship to me, it's now escalated to a friendship that I think will never get back on track, and that is MJ and Rez's, and maybe it's for the better, and sometimes that happens in Bravo, because as we can see, a relationship like Kenya and Nini's, though they were once friends, will never get back on track, and I find it hilarious that producers basically could only pull footage from like basically six years ago. <laughs> that they were ever friends. Like, there was nothing recent. It was such surface level shit. Like, Let's go look for apartments together. Okay, friends. It's like not anything deep, no real moments, no sisterhood that they're trying to salvage. So they really should just give it up. And both Kenya and Nene agree. I mean, we we (laughs) walk into them still having this big fight and Nene saying some really awful foul shit and basically kind of nullifying what Nene did two nights before where she... (laughs) was like I'm here for you are you okay and then two nights later this is why your husband don't love you and I was like ah so what happened to the other energy I thought that was off the limits yeah remember that those kind things you were saying this is why I can't trust you because it's this quickly that you could do a 180 on everything exactly and then we kind of move on over into this team building shit that they're doing. And it was fun to watch. People have often said that Margo, Marlo should definitely be given the peach after this. It was fantastic <laughs> to watch the ladies be have fun. They are some of the most fun people to watch have fun. Um, and it's not boring or stupid like other franchises tend to be when they're trying to just have a good time. It doesn't seem doctored or conjured. They're genuinely being themselves. And Candy has this conversation with Cynthia and Kenya about how they Kenya really should at the very least move past what Nene said to her last year or talk to her about it like one or the other because harboring this energy while also going through this stuff with her husband is not good for her or her child which I would agree your child is like actually feeding off of you literally so (laughs) your mood and your energy should be presented to her in some kind of a good place like you gotta at least try to right now not harbor the same resentments I know it's hard because she's going through a lot but you already have to deal with it with your husband why deal with it when you're not with your husband too and you know Kenya's like no what she said to me was unforgivable she said about my child my husband I've never been married it's the worst thing ever and Kenya's like yeah well you never had to get over being called a rapist and I'm like (laughs) Yeah, just shuts the car. A touche. <laughs> I guess. You're right. <laughs> and then that shut Kenya completely up because she always has a rebuttal for Candy on why she should be the maddest girl in the room. And Candy's like, if I can literally invite Portia on my own trip. 
and still be like cordial with her every day, every time we film for years. And she told the entire world and came up with a plan with my old best friend that I allegedly was going to drug her and take her back to my home and rape her. If I can get over those allegations, you can get over someone saying you were having the water buffalo. <laughs> which I think Nini is insisting, <laughs> which is why I love Nini sometimes. So I was calling you a baby a buffalo. I was calling you the buffalo. I was like, that's so much better, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Thank oh, you what? so much for calling me the buffalo. Oh, great. The clarification. Got it. Um, <laughs> I'm pregnant that. and you still call me a buffalo versus calling my child a buffalo. <laughs> oh. she, I remember she said, like, what is she having a buffalo? Just meaning to the fact that Kenya was getting so big, but it's also because Kenya is not a small woman. She is a tall woman. She is statuesque. So I just, <laughs> the insult there is really what keeps me going. I'm not even going to lie, but we move to Candy and Cynthia thinking that the best way to get to strong-willed, hard-headed women to talk to each other is to troll them by putting on a theater act where they oh. act like themselves, but adult women, and put on what should have been a conversation. And basically, we end. And I always check my watch, like I know we're not about to end here because Ro is so good for me. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, only two more minutes. And Nini ends us, takes us on out with a, a fuck no to that. Ooh. I will not be participating. Uh, she goes, I gotta go to the bathroom then. And they're like, oh, well, babe, no, 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 there's no need to wait. And Portia's like, because she ain't coming back. Portia's like, if she ever gone to the bathroom, you'll never see her head again. You'll never see her again. <laughs> yeah. like, Whatever shot you get of her walking away, that's the shot. That's it. This <laughs> meanie leaving. And I feel like production is kind of, in, they decided to show us. This is my theory. You tell me if you agree. I think production is starting to show us what actually started pissing them off and why they punished her at the beginning of the season during Snake Gate that directly included her. And she was like nowhere to be found for like three or four episodes because why would we not just see her storm off? That to me is like fine drama by itself. But we're seeing her tell production, you can kiss my ass basically. And they try to tell her, no, you need to sit down. And she's like, either I'm walking from here or I'm walking from this show basically. And I could, they're in doing a lot of inclusions of these fourth walls ever since last year almost like they need evidence mm-hmm. like that Nini is being an asshole so if they ever do decide to get rid of her or not ask her back they have some kind of you know receipt for the fans which if you're you know totally. Nini fans won't give a fuck either way and especially Atlanta fans they, <laughs> you could have all the evidence I mean people wanted to know where she was the first three episodes and we watched her assault a cameraman <laughs> well, I think like that reminds me of Heather Dubrow with OC because she was like an asshole to all the people on the crew. And I remember she like walked out of that one <laughs> dinner where she was called a cunt, I believe. So <laughs> I understand that she would walk out of that. But I remember she had like such a big freak out in the production after that was like, fuck that. She went wild, like in not an okay way. And it's like after a certain point, it's like these are your coworkers. At the end of the day, the camera person's not your you're not their boss. They are your coworker. You're all doing and trying to create the exact same thing. So treat them with respect. And whereas Nini, like, there's the chance that she'll go wild on them, you know? And so they might also have, like, a little bit of sensitivity when it comes to her, where they're like, you know, we're not going to run after her because she might really freak the fuck out and it turn into a bigger deal where they might not really want that. Like, they want it in theory because 
oh yeah she goes wild on the crew or whatever if she goes crazy like that's great television and people want to see you know that kind of genuine reaction and anger but then there's also like the other side of it where it's like is that really what we need like does the show really need that kind of energy around it where it's like oh my god Mimi's beating up the crew again you know, I don't like, want to <laughs> see her being mean to the crew I want to see her being mean to the other lady <laughs> redirect your anger Nini because the, the, the crew to me but you know I've often said it's it's sad it's a sad day for me especially for someone who's watching season three again Nini has reshaped and restructured what it meant to be a housewife from the very beginning she is the fundamental Real Housewives of Atlanta. She gave us something in the early days that we never saw on TV after other franchises gave us something that we never saw on TV. How you can top Roni and how you can top like what OC was giving us. It, it makes no sense. It's hard to conjure how we go from an OC, which was like, what the hell are we watching? To <laughs> Roni, like, what the hell are we watching? <laughs> to Roa, which is like, oh my God. This what? is like the greatest franchise the greatest idea like housewives we want all of it we want more cities more cities like she gave us something so fresh and so new so to see her I feel like she's so blatantly over it at this point but also feels like it can't move on without her and that's what I also felt about Vicky is that she feels like she's so above this but she feels also so that we should be indebted to her and how dare you think you can make this show without them but yeah. it's like you can't have both, Nini. You can't be so tired of the show that you're pissing everybody off and that you don't want you don't even want to be bothered, but then try to apologize to everyone and get in their good graces because you don't want to be left out. It can't be both. I say leave on a high note. Say apologies to everyone, be nice to people, and then go. Or pull a Lisa Vanderpump and just don't go to the reunion and never speak to anyone again. As if that doesn't make you seem like you are caught red-handed being an asshole. I mean, also, yes, that. But if this was, like, the last time we ever saw her, I would not be mad at this exit. I mean, she oh, kind of yeah. made amends with as many people as she could have made amends with. So I'd be fine with it at this point. And she was like, you know what? Fuck this. And I would have loved to see that. Like, I think they would have gone on and had a fantastic reaction to it, unlike Beverly Hills that had like a whole random ass at the very end dinner luncheon in the middle of the day in Kyle's backyard where they all came hella dressed up like, so guys, we pulled through and we're all gonna be okay, even without Lisa, right? And it's like, y'all do not hang out. I just don't believe you. Like that's that's all I got was y'all are not real friends. This was so production led. But Atlanta, I feel like the response would have been like, oh damn, Nene gone. Oh, that's, oh, that's terrible. So what do we do now? Party. <laughs> I think that would have literally, because I do believe that they actually are real friends without Nini, and that's kind of what sets Nini off a little. Like Tanya and Portia, real friendship. Like, you know, even Cynthia and, and Kenya, we know they're a real friendship because Cynthia let her deal with murder. So I think that we would have been able to see them as a group collectively, they do not need their alpha because Atlanta is actually full of alphas. There are no Teddy Mellencamps on this cast. That's all I gotta say. That's like retweet, 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 retweet. <laughs> and, you know, that's a friendship dynamic that I'm, I'm actually here for. If we can't get that Shaw's approach, I like at least some real friends that were introduced that kind of, you know, conquer all 
the way Atlanta, those girls do over time. Um, but, you know, if I can get that shots thing where they're all real friends and their fights are a little bit more important because they're so much more deeply intertwined, I would prefer that. And that is why Family Karma is such a breath of fresh. Oh. And I'm very happy it has the Sunday slot after Atlanta because, my God, it is so, so good. And I love seeing a group of people who are deeply intertwined, like to the point where production can't stop introducing us to new people because they're also integral to the to the plot. Every week, I'm like, "Who? Wait, who's that? I gotta write this down." <laughs> Truly, I need flashcards. Be gone! Like I am so into Family Karma. It brings me joy. I'm all over the place. I cannot wait to talk about it because I haven't talked about it on any podcast yet. And the last few guests have been like, oh, yeah, you watch Family Karma. And they're like, no, not yet. I'm like, ah. Oh, that's what I put as my polls. I'm like, do you watch? And I'm like, either yes, hell yes, or not yet, but I'm watching it soon. That's what I'm waiting for. That's what I look for. If you're not watching yet, you need to be. It is so good. It's incredible how good it is at at, at such an organic level. Because their offerings... The names I still literally have to write down, but there are some <laughs> central plots. They're not doing too much with the plots because they know there's so many characters. So we're not doing learning too setup. many plots at a time. I think so too. Like they have like one or two storylines an episode, and I think that's what we need. And there's a little bit of buildup now happening that it seems like. And I know characters are still fresh for people, so we'll break it down as best as possible to remember it by. And if you have not watched that use this as a leading for why you need to so it's still early i am invested in one particular conflict and that is between anisha the young woman who is not married and whose grandfather is a international treasure since he is from india and technically he's their national treasure treasure but he's in our country right now so now he's my treasure so he's an international treasure this man is the man who stopped one of the producers on the show to ask her are you married how'd you get married when'd you find a husband in the middle of their filming because he wanted to make a point to his daughter his granddaughter i don't care what the fuck show you're watching or filming you need to find a husband and give me grandchildren today and he goes somebody gonna call me grandpa and I, she's like when he goes have a baby in a year and she was like with who and you're like we don't care girl make it work but we need grandkids today nine months it takes nine months to, and that, they didn't say have a baby next year they said have a baby in, in a, a year. year you need nine months to be pregnant so they're like, within the next three, girl, get it together, find somebody, sit it on down, and sh- let them shoot it on up. We gotta get some babies out of you. And she's like, I want you to freeze my eggs. And her grandpa was like, he thinks they mean she means chicken eggs. <laughs> I like, love this man. That means, but okay. I just love this man, and his and and her mom um, is basically. <laughs> The one who spent a lot of money to keep the bad juju out of her uterus, basically. (laughs) And is also best friends with one of her daughter's best friends, who was Vichelle. And Vichelle is a man who is successful. I love how they all are with their parents, no matter how successful they are. This is great. And if this is accepted in their culture, can I be adopted in? Because I would love to (laughs) approach my parents with the idea of no matter how much money I have, you need to take care of me. 
Okay. Oh my god, my parents would fucking love that if I was like, I'm moving back in. They'd be like, yes, we want to write family karma a check ourselves. Like, thank you for convincing her she needs to be here. For real. <laughs> Honestly. So, Anisha is a young woman who is not yet married, not yet pregnant, and her family just can't bear it. And she is best friends with Vachelle, who is engaged, technically. Okay. And both of their moms, along with other moms, who they call the aunties, which I just love that they have a, a group for their, like a, a name for their group. And so the aunties are also best friends. And Anisha's mom had to tell Vachelle's mom that Vachelle's fiance's mom, so his future mother-in-law, Aunt was basically Lopez. talking shit about her. And... Anisha, being a good friend, just wanted to make sure that Vichelle, her good friend, was okay after this party where his mother-in-law basically was talking shit about his family. That's something you want to check in on your friends for. He, she is met with a, a being ignored. And then she apparently is alleged to have a crush on him because her their other good friend, Monica, it's like, why have you been ignoring your best friend? And he has a male best friend, and that is Key, who is this beautiful gay man. I mean, he is so attractive, this man, and, and neat. And he's very protective, it seems, over his best friend. And Anit is like, just because I was gone in Chicago for a few years, being a lawyer, I'm back now, bitch. So I am his best friend. Fuck Anisha. And Monica's <laughs> like, I mean, they 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 talk every day. I mean, we were presented this friendship of Anisha and Michelle by they literally call each other when they're in the fucking bathroom. Okay. Which and they like, have weekly have lunch like dates. That? I've never had a friend where I'm like, I'm going to take a shit and then call Jenna. Like, I would never call my best friend. I mean, it's never prompted. I, yeah. I might, like, be like, I might have to go pee while on the phone with you because the conversation's too good and I don't want to, like, stop. Or, like, there's a mute button. But that's, I would a, never mute. that's a mute moment. And I wouldn't be, like, yeah. I'm peeing. I'd be, like, trying I, so I would not call you and be like, hey, I'm going to the bathroom. Let's talk. Like, that's weird. <laughs> but I think the producers did that also on purpose, like a setup to see that we think this dynamic is so strong, but in need, it's like, I'm back and I'm better and you cannot take my best friend from me. And Vishal kind of cowers to it and is like, yeah, no, me and him are way closer than me and Anisha. I'm like, sir, we literally, y'all said y'all have like weekly sit down lunches. And like every Wednesday, that's something that you don't do with someone who's just a reg friend, you know? That's someone who is one of your good Judy's, your BFFs, okay? And Anit did the, I love that, um, you know, I saw on some different Twitter feeds, it was like, Anit reminds all of us that even though you gay, you still a man. He gives us one of the manliest uh, understandings of something or um, resolutions ever is that clearly Anisha just must have a crush on him if she thinks they're that. best friends and is trying to get into his, his personal life. And I'm like, um, no, how do we get here? <laughs> imagine they are just friends but they're like family friends who have known each other since they were little kids doing those their moms things. are literally bffs i think it's kind of more like a brother sister relationship however but she also just wanted to make sure that he was good after like uh, most friends would want to make sure that if there's future you know in-laws were talking about them or had an issue with them that they're okay because that affects their relationship also with their fiance well, I think there's also a layer where Vishal refuses to acknowledge, like, the real issues of why his uh, fiancé, Richa's mom, Lopa, doesn't like him. 
And I feel like he's being a little bit of a pansy about it. And he's really not dealing head on. And he's not talking to the mother-in-law in an honest way about what her concerns are. And and also, I'm confused about his relationship with Richa because they don't live together. You know, she comes, they, they're long distance. And when she does come, she sleeps in the guest bedroom because they can't sleep together because of the parents' rules. So you don't see And also they haven't had their engagement done like in their temple yet. And I'm like, but why not? Y'all live right there. Just go do it if that's what you want. want, Doesn't he want to live with you? It's been two years and you guys aren't sharing a bed because you're not allowed because you won't just get married. And you And they have been together for like what, six? I think eight years they might have said. Yeah. Crazy. And it's kind of giving me that Tanya and, and Paul vibe of like, why yeah. not just get married? Like, if, if, if the money isn't the issue, because Tanya and no. Paul both are very, very wealthy. Like, Paul in Atlanta is known. The man is millions, okay? He got tech money. So wow. he has money, money right now. And he owns his own firm with one of his best friends from college. Like, he got money. And Tanya has money. So what's the issue? Go to the courthouse and make it happen. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I don't know. I think he has weird trepidations about the whole thing. And even the way he talks about her, I can't remember who he was comparing her to, but he was like, she's a bitch. Like, yeah, she's an asshole. Yeah, that's just like Richard. Well, like, girl, she's a total asshole. And, I'm like, and I think, I think like, he's getting it confused with the fact that he's a weak man and he thinks uh, that he's one of those men who would have to have a woman who was a lot more subdued. But he's mm-hmm. surrounded by strong-minded and strong-mouthed women. His mom, his fiance, and his best friend, Anisha. And I think in his mind, the only one he can silence is Anisha. Totally. That's the only one totally. who would have been That's like, you need on. to have a conversation with your future mother-in-law. And you need to have a conversation with your mom about why this needs to stop. And he knows that he can't tell his mom to stop. And he knows he can't tell you know, his fiance's mom to stop because his fiance is going to yell at him. So he just tells Anisha, no, nothing. Like, he's going to be like, I'm just going to sweep it all under the rug. I'm like, that's not something you want to bring into a new marriage if you ever make it there. Saying you want to sweep it all under the rug is not what you do before you enter a marriage because the wedding is just the day. (laughs) Say it again for the people in the back. (laughs) (laughs) More people in my life could hear that. Granted, like, I'm not at that place, but, like, people in my life are getting married and it's it's all they can really talk about and it's like okay yeah it's like Brittany, there's it's so like, much more yeah there's so You're much more still gonna be married to jacks like marriage okay like that's a relationship beyond that day of beauty and love and grace and affection and all that shit we're beyond that like what about the week after <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like it's so many things and I think that if Vishal doesn't like grow a pair he's going to be very very hurt um, of how this is going to turn out for him because they're going to let him know Nisha will find him and she's going to find out that oh, it was bull- yeah. what he said and what he allowed to be said and she's going to call bullshit just like Monica did and I think Monica's a great <laughs> friend and not stirring the pot by telling Anisha and by telling Amrit before telling Anisha what you said is bull it's bogus like what are you talking about and he like doubled down on it and everything she's like you know i have to tell her now because you're being ridiculous she just cares and i'm just so excited for this journey of this new these new people and energy i am excited to see how this fight continues because these people are giving it 
she ended it being like, you have a small dick energy and like nothing will hurt Michelle more than being told he has small dick energy. Like also, I really nothing will hurt him fun. more than us believing he has small dick energy. I believe it. <laughs> oh, yes. Same. Oh, that wraps us up with our show coverage. Um, honestly, it's been a great week in Bravo. This consistency is all I have to look forward to. <laughs> I'm actually excited to even watch Vanderbump Rules simply because it's something to do. So <laughs> I kind of feel the I, exact same way. That's why I'm up on everything. I'm taking notes on things. I, I have literally three pages of handwritten notes for your show, just like about random. Love it. Like I'm literally, like, I wrote an outline like I was writing an outline for a paper for my degree. That's what it feels like. Um, <laughs> this is my and before we go, I'm just going to hit a quick question that needs answers. And you guys can go at home and you can ponder this. Let me know. DM me. Um, send me a quick tweet. Maybe even write a review and tell me what you think. So I mentioned this in my ROA coverage, but could Nini's behavior on the Greece trip be the reason why she was cut out in the earlier episodes? And is this production, are we going to see more fourth wall breaking just to show basically how Nene treats the cast. Because they usually protect so many of these wives. We heard on Dallas, they said that Leanne always gets a good edit. You know, we've seen it time and time again. Why now? Why now are we just now seeing that Nene can be a bit of a tyrant? Mm. You let me know. And <laughs> in the middle of Bravo shows, let's also consider other great things that are on TV that we should be watching. This is a segment that I like to call FOMO. So don't have FOMO and binge these shows because again, hashtag what else we got to do. Megan, is there something that you're binging through quarantine that you love and want to tell us about? Yes, Netflix Tiger King. Everybody's been talking about it. It's like a seven part little mini docuseries about this guy named Joe Exotic. And he owns a big cat farm. So it's like big leopards and cheetahs and cubs and crazy animals and it's all about you know PETA and animal rights but this lead protagonist is absolutely insane larger than life you literally think Nick Kroll was like doing a mockumentary on this dude like and this was totally fake but he's completely real life and the drama and plot twists are insane like every 25 minutes or something crazy that just shifts the story and it's really good Monty you will absolutely love it I'm telling you like you need to, Ooh, need to give it a I want to see it I wonder where have we have we ever seen him on anything before this Joe Exotic like how how did we come <laughs> to finding this man well I actually randomly my best friend's uncle is super close with the director of this so I've known about mm-hmm. this project for like a year and a half and like they'd always talk about it and I was like that sounds weird as fuck I'm not gonna listen I mean I'm not gonna watch and then it came out and I was like, oh, I should watch. And then it's been just so good. He like isn't an like he isn't anybody. He had like a fake country music career and has like a YouTube channel where he talks about animal rights. Oh, but like fine. if you're not if you're yeah, not yeah. into that shit, you would not know him. And he's crazy looking. Like you've probably seen memes of him. He has like a mullet and piercings and he is like a gay polygamist and he also ran for the twenty sixteen presidential nomination. Like he oh, what? It, it like honestly is insane, and then like he's in jail I'm sorry. for. There's you want to be my president? Oh yeah, like honestly. Oh at this my rate, god! I would, I would rather have Joe Exotic than our current situation because at least Joe Exotic. Oh, maybe I need to watch and find out. Yeah, you do need to. Watch. <laughs> but definitely check and it out. And then see like who are all of our options here? I guess. 
<laughs> Maybe he'll run again. We don't know. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, so like, I. <laughs> He's in prison right now, so maybe. Uh, okay, well, again, <laughs> I don't know how that works. So, um, hope he's safe. Also, from the current COVID nineteen case, because they're like rapidly finding themselves into the prison. So, God bless that. Oh, God. Um, I will, f- I will watch that because I have nothing but time, um, <laughs> and would love a good binge. So, and my current binge, though it is not new and it is not reality. It is good girls. If you are one of the few people who have not seen it yet, like me, or you started and didn't think it was going to get better, it does. Go watch it. Um, I started it when it first happened, like three seasons ago, and I was like, eh. But it is a drama on NBC, and it is about three moms of totally different circumstances, totally different backgrounds, who all fall on a hard time of some sort, and somehow come to the conclusion that suburban moms as they are can pull off a heist or they rob a grocery store but there's more money and grocery store than they think and they decide that they're just gonna take it because they've never been criminals before and don't really know what to do with themselves in the situation only to find that the money that they're taking belongs to a drug lord and it all basically goes down a spiral from there and it is one of the best things you can do for yourself if you want to be into some new dramas I also would highly, highly, highly recommend um, getting your calendar ready for Nailed It on April 1st. <laughs> I fucking adore that show and it's never enough episodes and I am always stressed about it every time. Um, also, Roni is coming back the very next day, April 2nd. So get yourself together for that by binge watching Roni up until it comes back. And also Atlanta. Also, I've been watching The Golden Girls because it's <laughs> iconography it's amazing it's the best comedic show of someone else's lifetime that wasn't mine because i wasn't born yet but it is amazing (laughs) so (laughs) everyone should be watching i think i've watched the entire season three times now um and if you have things that you are watching that you want me to know about want me to consider for fomo for next week's episode let me know hit me up in the dms write me a little you know reviews and let me know what you're thinking of the show the guests that i have but you know only the nice things the bad things you can just take to another podcast okay thank you so (laughs) much megan for coming on and please tell everyone where they can find you follow you listen to you because i love i listen to your show i love coming on your show it's one of the fun things that you could do i was about to say funnest and that does apply but it's not a word so please tell everyone where they can find you well, thanks for having me. I had so much fun. You know, like, I always jones to just, like, talk about the shows because it's not really what I do. And so thank you for having me on. This was truly a master class. We went through so much. I, I know, I know. And I love that we love you going on each other's shows because, like, I don't always get to do straight hot topics mm. because the moment I start, it takes 40-something minutes and then I have <laughs> nothing to talk about the shows with. And I love being able to go on your shows because you send me stories and stuff that I'm like, <gasps> Oh, 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 yeah, I like it. <laughs> so, Yay. um, yes, please have everyone where you can find that like CNN of Bravo <laughs> show that you have going on there. <laughs> My hard hitting content um, can be found on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, I'm changing it up a little bit. So, I'm going to do every Monday episodes a new news episode, and then Thursday is. Every other Thursday, I'll do a bonus episode just because life is real hectic right now and I have a crazy job. And I was like, I can't do two episodes a week. So I'm switching it up. And bonus episodes are actually way more fun for me. 
And I think yeah. the listeners really like doing them too. And it just allows for, you know, different kinds of conversations to be had. So I'm going to be doing more of those. So I'll probably be actually hitting you up in the next like week to think of something fun and weird too. Oh, yeah. I'll be here. Yay. I know, right? I'm like, don't worry. I'm always free. <laughs> I've been doing yes. so many podcasts lately. For about like a month, I was so lazy and not going on any shows. And in the past like week and a half, I've gone on like six shows. It's so fun. Yes. Okay. So you guys go listen to Bravo Happy Hour. You know, follow Megan at Bravo Happy Hour on Instagram. And of course, you can do the same while you're at it and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mixing with Moni and my X I N G W I T H M A N I. Please stay healthy, stay happy, stay home. First and foremost, everyone, I just wanted to extend a quick thank you to those of you who have supported me in whatever way you could um, during this really interesting time that we're all pretty much in together. But I did, in fact, include a couple of different links at the link tree in all of my bios for um, if you want to um, help me monthly, basically contribute monthly, a little donation to help the podcast stay on track and without having to go to a separate platform. Like I know all of your faves have Patreons, but the podcast host that I use has this great thing where you can kind of add donations through it. And that way I can kind of keep all the content here local so everyone can enjoy it. And, you know, not just to select few. And if you're loving it, they have a few options at a dollar, $5 and $9.99, which is basically $10. And um, a few people have really been kind enough to donate and subscribe through that um and i really appreciate that and i've also included my paypal at the request of a great many followers and it caused me a lot of anxiety to do it because you know i do this for free but i also do love it and it does take a lot of time and i know everybody is going through some things right now so for those who have reached out and just offered support and offered some financial support kind words liked and reviewed or you know rated and reviewed my podcast on itunes and spotify and other things thank you thank you thank you for all of you all the things that you do the donations that i've gotten the paypals that i've gotten the encouraging words people just telling me they love my lesson plans and stuff all of that is super super helpful and necessary during this time where we're all kind of figuring out what to do next and trying to stay sane so i really appreciate everyone just for listening seeing the numbers and everything it just makes me feel really great and for all that you do you know in your lives but also in mine thank you so much and i hope everyone enjoys this episode just wanted to say thank you For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, Pop Culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.